This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 206, recorded on March 12th, 2015. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff, the final liftoff of the class. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite things. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a super awesome Bellevue, Nebraska. But no, uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. It's so good, I can't even say it. We have had the best uh, run, week run of weather that, oh, man, it's amazing. 60s and 70s, i got to run today. And so uh, we just, the weather is awesome in Bellevue, and that makes me happy. And, of course, we post the show notes each week, and that will become important here in a second. But we'll post the show notes each week at theaverageguy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show via email. Just send that to me, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Of course, track me down on Twitter, at Jay Collison. And you can call in those questions. I was a little disappointed in the community this week. I was hoping last week's show would get you guys motivated to call in a little bit for us, but apparently it didn't. And so it would be great if you guys would call in your tips and uh, call those in, 402. Get your phone out. I'll wait for a second. Just get your phone out right now. Well, if you're driving, just pull over. <laughs> but get your phone out and put 402-478-8450. If you didn't get it, stop the podcast right now. Get that done. 402 Four seven eight eight four five zero. When you come across that tip, right? Something you want to, you, you figured something out, something gadget-wise, whatever. Comment if you just want to, just just want to rant for a second. Give us a call, record it, and we'll play those right on the show. I really like to add that component into what we're doing here. So, kind of testing that for a segment we're going to do on the Gallup podcast. So, give me those calls. Love to have you try it out. And of course, the Average Guy TV is powered by. Uh, Maple Grove Partners web hosting, of course, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from Christian. You know Christian here, and uh, and actually uh, Mike, who uh, who we're going to meet here in just a second, uh, is uh, being hosted over there as well. MapleGrovePartners.com, and now Home Gadget Geeks is part of the Geeks Network. Find the links to this show and many of their great podcasts out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Of course, you can join us live. Listen to uh, listen in um, Spreaker, Mixler. You can watch on YouTube. All the navigation, everything you need, is out at the Average Guy. TV. All right, uh, tonight, back, uh, he was a guest the last time, but uh, we are going to reintroduce. I kind of pimped you, Mike, last week. Everybody heard your, your promo, but you're on for a week. We'll be off next week, so uh, you're on for a show. You're off. You'll be back on, but Mike Weger, uh, WegerTech.com is going to join us on a regular basis as kind of a regular host here, and Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jim. You know, it's only been a few weeks since we decided to do this, but I've been waiting for it. And so the night's finally here. I'm excited to uh, to join the crew. Yeah, and we met you a little bit in a podcast, and I should have looked at that number, but I didn't, whatever that was when we had you on. But for folks, uh, they, you know, sometimes uh, with the guests, you know, they may not listen real well. So give us a little bit of background, what you do, where you're from, your sites, podcasts, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I am a 2L in law school right now at Creighton University. I graduated from Creighton, undergrad as well, huge Creighton Blue Jays fan, and also just got married in January. So going through a lot of big life changes, new job, all that sort of stuff. And then on the tech side, though, I run Uyghur Tech, which is, um, we do tech consulting here in Omaha. And then I also do a podcast called The Open Mic Night. And The Open Mic Night 
kind of it's gone through some shifts, but now I think I've decided it is an Apple focused podcast. We take live call-ins, we answer questions, we have a Facebook group where they can ask all their Apple questions, and so everything Apple is covered over there on the Open Mic Night. But um, but yeah, that's omnpodcast.com is where the podcast is hosted. And again, like you said, Maple Grove Partners with Christian. Fantastic hosting. Love it. Yeah, so. Getting powered by Christian stuff as well. OMN podcast. You said that. OMN yes, podcast. Open mic night. So yep, OMN. And uh, Mike is M-I-K-E. So not M-I-C. So I'll play off my name. But, if uh, you want to Google it as well. If you want to Google it, yeah. So we, I've mentioned this before, but we're excited to add. We're going to be adding Mike to uh, the Geeks Network. And this will add a distinctly Apple podcast to that. If you guys know, if you followed me and Dave for any length of time, you know Dave tried launching an Apple podcast years ago and and uh, that, that just didn't take off and when I start when I met Mike and uh, we started talking about it uh, I don't know five or six weeks ago or like hey let's let's try this thing where you come over here for the gadgets and you uh, you get focused on Apple over there at uh, at open mic night and then let's bring in and make you part of the geeks network one of the cool things about that is it's going to take home gadget geeks and we're going to take a little piece of your technology and we're going to stream this live on WLMN Radio, right? Did I get that right? Yes, WLMN. that is correct. Terrestrial Radio in, in where is he located? Where's Grafton, located? West Virginia. Okay. So small town of Grafton, West Virginia. Yeah, and so he, um, WLMN, they stream live on the internet. They do a lot of tech talk. They do a lot of music, and they they stream us live. Or they're going to in a month, and then they'll they kind of do reruns and stuff like that, and then they're on the terrestrial radio there in the small town of Grafton. So a big thank you to Roger, and it'll be fun to stream there. Yeah, it'll be a new adventure. I'll have to figure out how we get that done. That won't change anything if you if you subscribe and you and you listen to the downloads. You won't. Nothing will change, right? No, I don't think they'll even notice. It's yeah. just one extra place that they're streamed, and uh, it's a, it's a fun community. I've enjoyed streaming with them, so it's. They're great people, and they have a lot of good input. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to to try radio and and get that kicked out. And so we're gonna learn. Um, uh, Mike will probably take a show or maybe a part of a show and dig into a little bit of the technology behind it, so that yeah, that sounds that, fantastic. Uh, the listeners can get you know just kind of get an idea of what we're doing. Most folks are gonna still consume it through through broadcasting, or they're gonna listen right. live like they're doing right now. That won't change. Any, none of that stuff is gonna change going forward. But uh, it will change that we're going to be on the air, which is going to be a little weird for me. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, of, you're live anyway, so yeah, no, I know. It's not gonna, I've yeah. never been on radio. So. Yeah, it's fun. Anyways, and so we'll uh, we'll get a little background on that, and and that'll be an interesting because there's some interesting technology uh, behind that as well, and so pretty cool, excited about it. And if so, if you're an Apple enthusiast, uh, we've got a new podcast for you, and we'd like you to head over to OMN podcast.com. Mike, you're live Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central, yep. 8 p.m. Central. Yes. Uh, over on your page. And so folks yep. go over there if you want to catch that. You, of course, can subscribe to it through any podcatcher, iTunes, uh, some of those kinds of things. Are you using Stitcher? Yep. It's all the same stuff. Are you using Mediafire as well for the media host? I am. Yeah, I use, so I know you use Mediafire. You've talked about it for your video, but I've used it for video and audio. So no hiccups, no complaints here. So yeah, it works out well. And Very extremely cool. cheap. I mean, the cheapest hosting you could ever have. So oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome indeed. So Rennie puts in chat Jim Laporte, which of course is a, <laughs> is a little dig on Leo Laporte. Except no commercials. So that's hey, no. Although I'm not. Listen, I we have commercials, right? We advertise for Maple Grove Partners. We'll I'll add a little piece about WLM Radio in here. We want to give some props to Roger for 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 broadcasting us. So we'll mention all those things up front. We'll make those quick so we can get right into the podcast, but. 
But uh, those are so, fun because they're individuals that are doing their own thing. They're doing fun stuff, and you, you know that those are the people I like to support. You know, right? We're not advertising any big corporation here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, it's it'll be fun. A new adventure for uh, for the average guy network and uh, and some of those kinds of things. We'll probably test it with with uh, home gadget geeks, and then we'll look at maybe streaming uh, Cyber Frontiers out there at some point as well, which I think will be fun. Of course, Cyber Frontiers has its own streaming. You know, we've got a, a, a security station out on the web that uh, runs RSS. You know, so there's a bunch of security. I have to look that up, and put it in the show notes. But um, so we we play every day uh, on a streaming site. Uh, at least Cyber Frontiers does. Um, and uh, and so it's out there. So it's kind of fun. I, I'm enjoying it. And of course, I take everything I learn here and I take it to Gallup. And we're continuing to improve those. I mentioned we're going to do some improvements at Gallup and kind of up the ante a little bit. It's time we've been podcasting out there for two years, and uh, and so we're pretty excited about that. I had uh, I had somebody contact me this week, and uh, and I knew as soon as I said that I would uh, probably should have their name ready. So give me one second um, as we as we talk about this. So David uh, David Bradway contacted me uh, and reminded me, hey, he had an item for the Average Guys uh, Tech Scholarship Fund. We weren't able. Uh, he eventually uh, is going to purchase a Nest. And uh, and that's a little too much to fit in that window of the average te- the, you know, the, the tech scholarship fund. But um, I, this week I got one of my own, so I'll just share this as we're waiting for John to come on. So Kingston uh, sent me; they contacted me and sent me this five-in-one mobile companion uh, that's there, and so you can put an SD card in it or a uh, yeah thumb drive, little, little USB drive. An SD reader is in it as well. It charges via USB. You can put an Ethernet port on it, and it. It broadcasts any of the data, you know, if you put music or anything on here. These are not new to us. We've tested these before. I think John Greenaway had one. We've tested these before, but the folks at Kingston found the podcast and said, hey, you want to try one out? Well, why not? So we're going to give it a try. This will probably be something that I give a try and give away at some point or ship it to somebody who who wants to use it, and we'll give it a shot. Maybe I should circulate circulate it around Omaha, Mike. Maybe I should try it and get it over to you so you can give it a try. I'd love that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we've got this. We'll be taking a look at these. This was they sent me this and some. I, I don't get a lot of these, and, and it was so easy. They it was weird. They contacted me, and I was like, sure. And they're like, what's your mailing address? And I gave it to them. They sent it. Also, not solicited at all. I mean, they just they found you. They found me. Yeah, I'm not a big. That's I'm when you know big, you're big time. I mean, that that's a yeah. pretty good. <laughs> but but you know, yes and no. Um, I'm not a big asking for it guy. You know, right. I always feel like if I ask for it, then I, I get a little tainted on the review. That's I feel the same way. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not. If they send it to me, if it's their choice, it's different. And and again, I'm gonna ship this thing around, and and uh, we'll we'll probably all mess with it. Uh, from a community standpoint, we have a meetup coming up. Dave and I got together last night. Dave McCabe and I got together last night. Started talking about our in our uh, meetup in Indianapolis, and it looks like probably shouldn't say this, Dave will kill me. Looks like September maybe. So be thinking about, oh, we don't have a date yet, so I'm not going to say anything, but uh, if, you, if you're a listener here and you want to join us in Indianapolis, uh, we are going to do it again. It'll be the sixth annual home server show meetup, and of course you're all invited to come out. Um, it'll probably be 20 bucks again, and an opportunity to come out and hang out with us. We had 35 or 40 last year. It was just a blast. The numbers were down. We charged, and the numbers came down, which is good because the room is fairly small. But, man, we had an awesome weekend of tech. Mike, I had to think about trying to drag you out. I know I know you're newly married, but yeah. it'd be, be fun to have you. Hey, you I'm know, but her and I are all big on travels, so she could come and she could travel. Or she could see the city while we're doing that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, just someone in my like car. 
Or you maybe know, you not tell her and disappear for a weekend. That might be. That would be guys. We did after eight months of marriage. I don't know. No. Guys weekend. I'm just yeah. saying. That's true. I'm That's just, true. Um, well, there are other gals that come to the meetup. They don't really come to the meetup. They do go shopping or That's, some of them. Yeah. The Gordon's right. wife came uh, a while back and. And that worked out okay, but uh, that's coming up as well. I'm so completely down. It sounds like a good time. Well, so. it's coming up. Uh, get it on your calendar. You might want to be thinking about uh, Home Server Show Meetup coming up again, and we're kind of excited. Looks like maybe we have John back. Yes. And see. John, can you hear us? Yeah. Yes. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Do you okay. have anybody in bed, or are you gonna? You, you, did it? Uh, did it not work? Uh, she's laying down for the moment. Nice. So we'll right. hope it lasts. <laughs> yeah. If it gets hey, if it gets too crazy. It's just, okay. Just mute I'll it. Let you know. and, yeah, just mute it. And, and yeah. certainly a podcast is not as important as uh, <laughs> as taking care of the kids. John, we haven't seen you in a while. It hasn't been yeah. that long, but why don't you catch us up a little bit, what's going on in your world. You know, we're an all-Omaha podcast tonight. Mike's here That's in crazy. Omaha, and you're in Omaha, so we're all, which is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to everybody and uh, everybody from Omaha. But catch us up a little bit. What's going on with you? Well, is Creighton winning? Uh, they lost. Oh, they lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Georgetown came back at the end and <laughs> oh, couldn't finish it. Out. That's too bad. Yeah, next season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was this it? I I actually don't. Yep. Know. This, this is it. So this was the second round of the tournament. So they're out. Oh, okay. Yep. You can tell how much I pay attention. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Don't follow basketball too much. In fact, I've never been able to watch basketball. When I was younger, I lived near Iowa City, and my dad took me to a Hawkeyes game, and I could not stand the squeaking of their shoes. It drove me insane. Really? It just it was like it was like nails on a or fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah, so you just like, said, no, nah, I don't want to do basketball anymore. Yeah. yeah, like I can watch football, baseball, soccer, all that's fine. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not so bad now. Shoes are better than they were in the early '90s, I guess. But uh, even still, no, it's right. still that way. Yeah, catch yeah. us up, John. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I'm still working uh, first data. Uh, I am working on my masters now at uh, Bellevue. At Bellevue University, so I'm on my second term of that. Uh, hopefully, that gets done quicker than my undergrad. That seemed to take forever. Oh, it's just hard. No matter how you slice it, it's just always work. Yeah, it is. I know. And I got a buddy who I was like, I was talking to him about, it, and he was like, I do not miss school <laughs> at all. I love having my evenings, and it's true. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And even though a graduate level is fewer courses to be full time, it's three times the work at least. A lot more work and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but because of it, I've been keeping up on my blog, uh, which is blog.endisnigh.com. Uh, I think I put it in the show notes. If I didn't, I'll yeah. add it. Yeah, I know we'll add that in there. Yeah, and sure. I always... Uh, end is nigh. That's one of my favorite great? things about what, what <laughs> I do. It's awesome. So that's what I do for private consulting, if you will, you know, when I ever get the opportunity. So yeah, I'm happy good. To, uh, good, keep well... Busy. You, you guys are avid students at this point, you know. Uh, Mike is also, he's a law student and uh, going, going to school at Creighton. So he, he can sympathize with what you're going through right now. <laughs> Except now, I think law is probably way worse. <laughs> well, but I don't have a kid either. So I think, I think we're pretty even uh, on that That's front. True. So. That's true. At least my major is something I've been doing for 10 years. So that helps. Right, right. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Well, hey, I've been studying uh, for my CISPE, which I... Uh, my work was like, hey, we have an extra voucher for a CISPE, and I was like, oh, great, I'll take it. And then they said, you have to do it by the end of the month. Now, what what is that? I don't know. What uh, the CISPE is the Certified Information System Security Professional. It's it's a pretty highly regarded one. It's a harder one. It's six-hour test, 250 Ooh. questions. It's no joke. 
and uh, you know you have to get I think 80% or you fail, and then yeah, I don't know. It's it's nerve wracking. It's a lot of studying. Uh, so I've got that coming up, and a big chunk of it is law stuff. But it's you know cyber law. Right. That's been fun <laughs> trying to learn that because that is way out of my purview. I don't pay attention to the laws as long as I'm I pay attention to what ones might get me arrested, and that's about it. Right. Then, yeah, so it's way what's out. Your, uh, what's your master's in? Uh, cybersecurity. Okay. Cool. Yep. So I'm sticking with the same thing. Keeps me busy. Very nice. And then, uh, you know, at work, there's been all the fun with uh, the freak vulnerability recently. Yeah, let's dig into that a little yeah. bit. This is That's a fun new. one. So let's Not just only for the treat name. it like I don't know anything about it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what it sure. is. Sure. Well, first off, it's called FREAK, F-R-E-A-K, which is technically an acronym, but not an acronym. Um, I, I always blank on what it's called. It's just hilarious because it's not actually... Uh, wait, let me look at my show notes here. Hang on, I want to look at what it actually stands for, which is really funny. Uh, come on, why aren't you saying it here? Sorry about that. But oh, anyway, it's, what it is is it's, it's another attack on SSL, which is when you go to any website that's HTTPS, uh, they're usually using SSL, which is Secure Socket Layer. Uh, there's also... TLS, which is Transport Security Layer, uh, which is newer and a little better if you have a new enough version. Uh, between, is it Poodle, um, Freak, and there's one other one I'm blanking on. Between those three vulnerabilities that have was recently been disclosed. One? Heartbleed. No, Heartbleed. Yep. Was that SSL? I, I thought it was. It was. Possibly it might not. have been. But regardless, between whatever all the different vulnerabilities have recently been disclosed, SSL is it, it needs to be thrown on the scrap. It's it's trashed. It's no longer any good, and it's it's hackable in many very nefarious ways. The freak the actual acronym would be FARIK, F-A-R-E-K. Um, mm. Let me look. I still didn't find the actual what the acronym stands for. Uh, there's a the site that I have put in there though called freakattack.com mm -hmm. is is really good. If you go to that website, it'll actually tell you right at the very top that your browser appears to be safe or appears to be vulnerable. Uh, if you haven't updated your computer in the last week, your Internet Explorer is vulnerable. And by vulnerable, what can happen is an attacker can go on to, and on the site is a list, and I mean the list is pretty in-depth, and you've got everything from MIT, Groupon, NPR.org, uh, you know, NSA.gov, JCPenney, etc. I mean, it's hundreds of sites listed on this website here. And he's got it up right there. Uh, every one of those sites uses a thing called an export-grade RSA key. An export-grade key was, in the mid-'90s, they considered encryption to be arms. So it was not exportable because it had to do with national security. So then what they did, because obviously people wanted to encrypt things and send them internationally, is they made a law that you could not go above 512 bytes internationally. So they put in place these, these uh, 512 byte keys that were uh, called export grade. And if you were using a browser or on an IP that was outside of the US, you were automatically routed to that 
that certificate. Well, those certificates are relatively weak. Now, in 1992, they probably wouldn't have been cracked very easily without a supercomputer and a lot of time. But in you know 2015, you can rent a few hours. I think it takes seven hours and a hundred dollars is actually one hundred and four dollars and seventy-one cents, if I'm not mistaken, to use uh, Amazon Web Services to actually crack this. Now, with regular SSL and uh, I'm sorry, yeah, SSL, it will uh, it actually gives you different keys. So you have a different key with with the servers and things along those lines. Well, with this export key, the downside is that when you set up a server, the vast majority of servers, it just generates one key and it uses that key for the life of that server. So if I steal the key from jcpenny.com or mit.com, now I can capture any traffic going between anybody and that website and read it in plain text. So I can read anything you're doing, all your shopping nice. on JCPenney or school at MIT or whatever it is. But they've been disabling them. I mean, really, it's a legacy thing. It needs to go away. Uh, and if your browser is not vulnerable, you're not. So that freakattack.com, I highly recommend just go to it real quick. If you have an Apple device, there's a good chance you're still vulnerable. vulnerable. They did release an update as well. And then Windows and Android are all vulnerable. Uh, according to the list, Internet Explorer, Chrome on Mac, Chrome on Android, Safari on Mac, Safari on iOS, the stock Android browser, which you don't think of, if you have a newer version of Android, it, you have Chrome by default. But every app, like Facebook and I mean, all those apps that do websites for you in an app environment actually use that stock Android browser in the background. Uh, so there's that as well. And then also BlackBerry browser. So those three people out there that still have a BlackBerry nice. have to be worried. <laughs> and then uh, Opera on Mac OS. Uh, there's patches available for all but three of those. And Android is the one that doesn't have a patch. Interestingly enough. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot, man. Yeah, it's a lot. And I mean, at first they thought it was only Android and iOS. There's the warning. Vulnerable. There's the warning on Safari. Yep. So there you go. Chrome on iOS is okay. I believe Chrome on iOS was also vulnerable. Let's take a peek here, real quick. Freak attack. Yeah, Chrome on macOS, but they patched it. Um, iOS. Right. So you just need to go to your browser. Mm -hmm. Type in freakattack.com. Yep, and, and it'll check for it. Site and ooh, I get the blue. So there we oh, are. Okay, yeah, there we are okay, on Chrome. This is Chrome on iOS. Yes. And I just tested on Safari on Mac and Chrome on Mac at least, and I haven't run updates today. It might be blur. They're okay though. They're good. Okay. Very so, good. Okay. Yeah. And it could be that it's doing uh, what they call them, like discrete updates, uh, because it's a small one, and so they might have done it quote-unquote discreetly in the background there. So that's good news. So now you said this affects consumers on our end, but also does it affect server-side? So could a server uh, have this and it not be something that we can even control? No, if if your browser is not susceptible, then... Then you're it good. Either is, yeah, it doesn't matter what they're saying. Because okay. what happens is they, 
they'll intercept your traffic in the middle and they'll essentially force you to use this export grade key. So as far as your browser is concerned, it looks like it's secure. You'll have, you know, the little lock in the corner. Everything's looks good, but technically you're using a very bad encryption that's probably being cracked. Okay. And I mean, granted it's a hundred bucks, but a lot of them have been posted online and they're just it's not very expensive. So if if you're interested in cracking it and you're you're gonna get cracked. I yeah. found my nighttime activity. All right, I gotta end the show. <laughs> I'm gonna head off. <laughs> and that is absolutely true. They know your nighttime activity, which is the scary part. Okay, so from an average guy standpoint, so I'm the yep. average consumer. What do I need to do? What's the what's the right actions to take at this point? Update. Just okay. update. At Just this make sure point everything's updated. Mm -hmm. As long as everything's updated, you're gonna be fine. Uh, and I mean, go to that website. Just check. Make sure you're good. Uh, you know, in, in corporations, it's a big frantic. We need to remove these export ciphers from everything. But at home, that's that's really your main concern. Update your browser. Make sure so, it's up to date. So in my case, uh, on Windows, Chrome is patched. Uh, <laughs> Explorer isn't. I don't, I'm, so I'm, it, I'm, it's actually waiting for a reboot. So that's probably <laughs> what, when I came in tonight, it was like, hey, we need to reboot you right now. And I'm like, no, I have a show to do. So, yeah. But I'm kind of glad because it allowed me to show the, the two different Exactly. Uh, the two different errors. Yeah, so. And so that's very good, and that works out really nice. Uh, but it's something to think about, but it's also not something to, I hate to say it, but freak out about. <laughs> but it's really not. Uh -huh. wah, wah, yeah. All right. yeah, I had to do it. But but really, I mean, just make sure make sure you're aware. Check your browsers. You know, help your grandma check her browser. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably the right the right action for all of us mm -hmm. because we're all the IT guys for our family. So mm -hmm. this is probably one of those things where you just want to contact your your, your friends and say, hey. It, your, your Windows update that's come right. Obviously, mm -hmm. I've got one, and, and we got one at work. You know, it seems like ah, oh, and you're like, oh, not another update. Yeah. Like, this is these are the updates you want to apply. Right? Exactly. So, and I mean, my wife, for example, not an IT person, and will not update her computer. I have to wait till she puts it down, and then take it and update it for her. She will like do everything in her power to stop the updates. I'm like, you need to do this. <laughs> so I just have to wait, and take it when she puts it down. It's funny. And there a lot of people are that way. On that, yeah, for sure. On the site freakattack.com, there is some instructions what to do if you run a server, if you use a browser, if mm -hmm. you're a sysadmin or a developer, and then there's popular sites that are susceptible right now. I imagine LastPass has got some information on, on what's going on as well. Oh, I'm sure they do. They always do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this would be a good, but there's a lot of, um, like as I look through this list, um, and you think, oh, it's probably not very many popular ones. <laughs> it let's, is. Let's name a few. Groupon, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think I saw Kohl's in here. Yep, Kohl's JC, is on there. You mentioned, you mentioned JCPenney's, yep. I think. Um, uh, Foreshared.com. That rings a bell with me because um, actually uh, Roger over at WLM Radio, uh, we both use Foreshared. So that's yep. one that rings a bell with me. And that's a file storage site just like Mediafire. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So, Jcrew.com. So yeah. if you shop there. Cornell.edu. A lot a of universities. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll get these patched pretty quick. Oh, yeah. And when it first came out, it was virtually everyone. This was just Tuesday, Jobs. By the way, right? This was the third. And today, yes, no, the, I guess it was a week ago then. Yeah, it was about a week Tuesday ago. Tuesday the third. So it's been, 
we're on we're on the second week of it, and so yep. I imagine there's quite a bit that's being done. USAjobs.gov too. Yeah. Uh, website. <laughs> yeah. There's a few. Initially, I think the very first one that the researchers did was NSA.gov. Really? Okay. Yeah, because of course they wanted to attack that. You know, so right. they that was one of the first ones that they actually attacked. It was pretty. Yeah, funny. and SEC.gov. I mean, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. These are some large yep. websites. Okay. So time to update, right? So just make yep, sure you go update. out. If you're the IT guy for your family, get everybody updated. I'll probably mm-hmm. reboot. Uh, uh, you know, I'll probably, when we're done here tonight, uh, give everything the old reboot and make sure that uh, it's patched up. I'm not a big Internet Explorer guy, so I'm not too Me worried either. about it. Everything runs on mm-hmm. Chrome for the most part. But it is good to get those things patched and have it uh, have it up and running. So cool Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, while we got you, let's talk about a few. Well, let me say, any other any other stuff we need to add to that, John? Nope, nope. That covers Freak. I think we're okay. good on that. Um, we when we have you on, we always talk. Well, one thing we always talk about quadcopters. Let's do yeah. a quick. How's how is your quadcopter? It's uh, not been nice on? enough for me to fix it. So it's because I, I I need to actually. It's just got a broken arm. It'll take me like twenty minutes, but it's the weather's now getting nice. And I actually said that to my wife. I was like, I need to fix that now. So, but I haven't actually taken it out in the winter. Yeah, well, it's been kind of cold. I mean, we've had really nice weather over the last week, so mm-hmm. you'll get a chance to do that. Mike, have you explored the world of quadcopters? We've never really talked about that with you. Have you done anything like that? I have not, but I would be extremely interested just because I, I have a GoPro, and anything I can strap oh, yeah. my GoPro to is fun for me. I just took it up in a plane with my buddy who's a pilot, and I, I mean, I love it. So, no, I haven't played with them, but uh, they look like a lot of fun. They are. They're they look fun. They're easy harder to, crash. to hear, though, than, than yeah. they would appear. You know. They are. Well, and the problem is that it's basically symmetrical in the design, but one side is the front. And even though they, they do every effort they can to try and color code it and make sure you can see, once you get it about 500 feet up, you just, There's no telling. Yeah, and you're just like, I think it can run away from you too, right? I mean, it can go out of range and then. Well, that's what happened. That's why how mine broke is it was up probably about two, three hundred feet up, and I was showing off, flying it around. It was doing great, and then I, it just got, so you've got it like level, and it tilted a little to go forward, and it just like lost connection with the controller. So it just went forward until it finally hit a tree and then fell down. But we were out at uh, Mahoney Park or, or some big park with lakes and everything. So at first I was worried to go in the water, but no, instead it went into the middle of like a huge field of uh, what do they call it? Natural prairie grass mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer, toward the end of the summer. So there's like spiders everywhere, and I had to go digging through it, but I finally found it. Big so. tall reeds, right? That yeah. They, yeah, the, the Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, prairie grass. Yeah. So yeah. I almost probably would have had better luck if it went in the water, but uh, it's all right. You know, I took your advice uh, at Christmas time. I had a friend uh, ask me, "Hey, I'm interested in quadcopters," and I actually pointed her back to the show that we did. I think we did that pre-Christmas. I think that was last fall. So yeah, we talked about maybe maybe September October time frame. And so I think I think it was you gave me some advice about buying cheaper ones to mm-hmm. practice on. Yep. And so I she was like, "Hey, which one should I get?" And I pointed her to the one, uh, like the one you had shown me originally, but I said, "Hey, yeah. we had this guy on. Go watch the podcast. He recommends this cheaper one to get, mm-hmm. you know, to learn on." And so that would be my advice. And so she actually followed the advice, and they at Christmas time, so they got the quadcopter, 
they went out and and she said, sure enough, man, he drove that thing into the grass <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred times, yeah, half a dozen times, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's those cheap ones are super durable, it's surprising. Yeah, they really are. Right? Yeah, surprisingly. And uh, not built for performance at all. Yeah. How cheap are we talking? Like, what's the price range to get into one bucks. of these? Really? Yeah, for 25 bucks, yeah. I mean, it's technically it's only got a single motor, and then it uses little gears to turn them. But okay. they work. I bought one for my son, and I ended up playing with it. You know, and it was a lot of fun. Lots smaller. Cool. Twenty five bucks is a good. What's that? No, it's smaller. They're, oh yeah, they're real small. small. Maybe four, five inches across. I mean, real small. So kind of like those. I don't know if you guys have seen the little helicopters that you can get. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get them everywhere. The twenty five dollar ones, yep. and but those are fun it's too. Similar we, kind of concept, but it's a yeah. quadcopter. A lot so of you get a feel for how they fly, which is totally different than a helicopter. And the helicopters are hard enough. Right. I remember when those first came out, we all bought the little ones and fought with them in the office, and yeah, that's yeah. But oh, they're yeah. fun. The roommates and I in college, we had a few battles with those, and mm-hmm. so you could land on the smallest thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, those are fun. Well, they I think the, the key to those small ones is just you you train on them, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get the real ones, you kind of know what you're doing because it's a yep. whole flying those things. It, you know, you're not on them, so you don't get that that three D feel, and so exactly. they're up in the air, and you've got to make sure. I mean, it's a whole different. Uh, mm-hmm. Experience flying those from the ground. Yeah, because yeah. there's uh, X, Y, uh, you know, front, back, and I mean, all that stuff is how right. it moves. And with the little one, you kind of get a feel. It takes a lot of finesse because you want to just jam it to the right to go right, but if you do that, it's just going to flip over and hit the ground. <laughs> you know? So you have to just tap it. It's it's pretty tricky, but it's yeah. fun. No, and it's good. You're good at it. You can do flips and all kinds of cool stuff. So. That's the best advice you give. I've given that a couple times to mm-hmm. people. Like, oh, I'm gonna get into this. I'm like, buy the cheap one first. Yep. Learn how to take care of it because I know uh, Keith uh, Lunsford in our group. Uh, he bought one as well. He crashed it pretty mm-hmm. quick. Went back when we were talking about quadcopters a lot. And those parts, they're not cheap. No, not really. the The arms were cheap. I bought a bunch of. I bought like a set of six arms for I think. 20 bucks or something. But I guess, I mean, that's not technically yeah. cheap when it's yeah. something that you're just playing yeah. with, I suppose. No, it's a hobby. I, podcasting yeah. can be just as expensive. Yeah, exactly. Right, Mike? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes too expensive, that. but yep. uh, by the there's time always something extra you can add. Microphones too. and all that other good stuff. So, yeah, well, we'll have thing. to, John, we'll have to, uh, as we get deeper into the spring, we'll have to have you back on and, yeah. uh, and maybe talk a little bit more about uh, no copters and. Certainly, they keep making improvements to them, and so it'll be fun mm-hmm. to kind of see. I bet this spring there'll be a whole bunch of new stuff that comes out. That you can yeah, and I've got a whole new uh, flight controller board to put on mine and everything. So, oh, cool. And I have a, a GoPro, too, to use. So nice. between all of those things, we nice. should be able to get some video from it. We could it. do a podcaster's meetup. This is yeah. this would be the perfect thing to do, and we'll yeah, shoot some live video that we'll bring onto the show. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I bet Mike would like coming out to that, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah It'd be stuff. a long drive for all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe Memorial Park. I don't know. Where Where would be the best? Uh, or maybe yeah, any of those it. parks is yeah. good. Yeah. Well, somewhere where there's not a lot of trees, right? Yeah, or water. Yeah. You want to go to like a big open field. Uh, okay, I thought about going to that park in the old market once, and I was like, wait a second. That is water all down the middle, and I know yeah. I just end up landing on it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, your well, true test of skill. That's what you do at the very end to kind of yes. show off when you've gotten a really Once you're really good, then yeah. that's safe. Yep. Hover right above so, it. We'll do a spring. Speaking of spring, we're having Ryan uh, uh, Ryan Parker come back for an Easter. You know, he's our chef. He's our resident oh. chef here at the Average Guy TV, 
and he's going to come back right before Easter. We're going to talk about uh, the, the Easter meal. We did it right before Thanksgiving right. with him. We talked about turkeys and tech, and so we'll have him back uh, as Easter comes up. We're in the Lent season right now here in the United States, and so we're going to have Ryan Parker back. I love to mix these. You know, That's why I like talk a little security, talk a little quadcopter. Mm -hmm. uh, I love mixing it up. Absolutely. Talk a little food. <laughs> no, I always like talking food. So I'm trying to talk a little less food these days and a little a little less of me yeah. <laughs> in those. Man, it was easy to get fat this winter. Oh, yeah. It was so cold. It was brutal. Time. Wear enough layers, brutal. nobody can tell. Yeah. Not, Mike, you never have to worry about that, right? You just you eat whatever you want. What? Uh, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was true, and then we started this whole 24-day challenge thing. We took before pictures, right? And she, my wife, took it, and I'm like, "That's what I really look like? Like, is that really? Are you sure you didn't? Yeah, manipulation. It's, it's no. so hard. We were talking before. We used to do a fitness tech podcast, and we used to talk about that stuff all the time. But mm -hmm. it's uh, man, it's hard during the winter. I'm glad we're coming out of spring, and mm -hmm. uh, we got some. I mean, at least in the United States, for our, our Australian listeners, sorry guys. Your yeah. winter is coming, and That's true. Uh, although they don't, they never really have a hard winter, so it's not uh, not such a rainy. And they get to go to the beach winter. for Christmas. So I, they do. Brisbane and <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney and and uh, Adelaide, they don't they don't know what winter is. Yeah, but I got out on my first run today outside. It was great. Yeah, oh, it was got to awesome. fire up the app and use it. It was fun. It's a great day. Hey, let's talk. Let's jump back to security for a second, sure. and let's talk a little um, a little social engineering. You know, awareness, yep. phishing. We we were at a um, uh, we were at a career fair out at Westside, which is a high school here in the Omaha yep. area. And uh, that one of the army recruiters was out there. He had a big uh, 42-inch TV, and he was streaming. He, I, I don't think he had a Wi-Fi pineapple, but he was streaming. As people would walk by, he was able to pick up stuff off people's phones. And I don't know if it was their IP address or I didn't go over there to check one because I thought it would scare the bejesus out of me. But, <laughs> but, but two, so the kids, oh, it was a great, it was a great demo because the kids yeah. walked by, saw this TV, and then were like, "Hey, what am I looking at here?" When we think with where we're at today. John, with phones, and I mean, I, I keep hearing these stories about, you know, your phone is basically the most insecure device that you, that, yeah. that's known to man, right? Yeah. As an average consumer, I mean, do we do we stand a chance with these phones? Are there things we can do I think consumers? it's kind of a, it's, it's a tough thing because, yeah, you should be concerned, you should maybe put, uh, like, lookout security on it if you use Android or you know, use Find My Phone or Find My iPhone or the, uh, and now it's built into Google, well, the new version that's coming out of kind of Find My Phone thing. That way you can wipe it if it gets stolen. But beyond that, unless you are a high-profile government agent or somebody that for some reason they want to spy on, you're probably okay. Because you've got to think, how many millions of phones are there out there? They're probably not going to randomly choose you. That would be... So I know it's not a great security posture. Security so you're saying security, security yeah. by obscurity, right? Yeah, that's not. I know it's not a great posture, but yeah. in the other hand, there's not that much you can do. One of the biggest problems with phones is that they technically have two operating systems on them. So they have like an operating system that you use to do all of your computing stuff, like the Android operating system or iOS. Those are getting better. They're making them more secure every time they put a new release out. But you also have another operating system that sits underneath that that runs the phone of your phone. 
that is a lot less secure, and it's it's kind of like IP, uh, TCP/IP in the internet, where it was designed 25 years ago, and security was the last thing they were thinking about. So you know, 25 years later, we mm -hmm. can we can break the weak encryption they used and all that. So there's always something. There's always something to worry so about. So you're saying it's the phone component of the software that's that's the, the most insecure. Yeah, the most insecure. Yeah. The thing that actually runs your phone. Mm-hmm. That's the it. Phone, the, phone. Yeah. yeah. Which probably hasn't been updated. You know, like, I just grab this oh, code and put this stuff in. Yeah, and they just put it's a chip. It's like all in a little ROM, and it just sits there, and it doesn't get updated when your phone gets updated. And, you know, so a newer phone might have a newer one. Uh, you know, but encrypt your phone. You can. I don't know about iPhones, but I know with Androids, you can encrypt them. It doesn't affect the speed by enough to matter. You know, you might, when you first buy a phone in the first week, when you're, like, trying out every game that they made, yeah, you might notice a difference, but after you've had the phone for a week, think encryption's not really going to make a difference. You know, so encrypt your phone. Use a PIN more than four oh, digits. Hold on, you say encrypt my phone. Mm -hmm. So what would I use? What's what's an easy way to encrypt? Oh, it's built in. At least oh, with Android, it's built okay. in. Here, I'll I'll show you guys. It's really simple. So I've got Android. Uh, let's see if you can see it. I've got Android five. Uh, you know, Lollipop. I think it's five oh one right now. Uh, 5.1 is coming out, so then if I drag the drag it down twice, so I just did if it wants to go, uh, so I just did this once and twice, and then you see your little settings up here. You click on that guy, and it'll bring up your your fun settings. I don't think this is going to show you guys anything too. Uh, uh, you can't really see it anyways because the yeah. it's, it's it's pretty washed out. So we go to security, and again, it's probably washed out. Yeah, yeah. But you'll see a, a thing called security, and then there's literally one that says encrypt phone. I don't know if you guys can read it. No. Nope, if I hold it at the yep, right angle. Yep, yep. But it says encrypt phone. And if you buy a new Android device, they actually come automatically encrypted. Uh, so this this one is the Nexus 6 came encrypted. Um, but they're all easy to encrypt. Just do it. It's easy. A PIN, by all means, please use a PIN. More than four digits if you can possibly deal with it. What's great about uh, Android's newest version, and I don't know if iPhone does this, if you have a Bluetooth headset, which I live with a Bluetooth headset. I got the little Motorola Flip. I love this one. You flip it and it turns it on. It's great little. It was like $35. And uh, you can make it a trusted Bluetooth device. So when this is on and connected to my phone, it's not locked. So that's kind of nice, too. So if I'm in the car driving, which is the most inopportune time for my phone to be locked, it's not locked, which is really nice. You can, you can do the same at your house. So you could have your laptop be a trusted Bluetooth device. So if you're at home, that can be trusted. There's also apps that will allow you to make certain Wi-Fi's trusted. So if you're in the vicinity of your home router and somebody's not spoofing it, then you could make it automatically be unlocked too. So you can bypass that, but in general, make sure you have a nice long pin. I use six digits. You could use more. You can do other, you know, multi-factor on everything. You know, there's there's just so many things you can do. But yeah, if you're if you're interested in multi-factor, if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. and you know, we we've had LastPass on several times, we talk about multi-factor there. 
Mike, do you know on the iPhone, I'm new to the to the iPhone, encryption on that, Mike? Yeah, well, that's what I kind of wanted to mention was on the iPhone, uh, not really known, but as soon as you set a pin for your phone, so oh, there's true. actually a lot of people out there that do not set pins mm-hmm. on their iPhone, but that is the encryption on the iPhone. Once mm-hmm. you set a pin and you have a pin code on your iPhone, then your phone is encrypted. Yep. And so I tell people that all the time. I'm like, first of all, it's just safe. If someone gets your phone, it's just mm-hmm. safe. They can't get it. Second of all, it's actually encrypting your data. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, putting in the longer password. So the iPhone, you can either do a four-digit code or you can do a long password that can include mm-hmm. numbers and symbols and everything like that. And although it is more complicated, on the newer phones, so once people start to get the iPhone 5S and above, you have the fingerprint sensor. And you mm-hmm. have Touch ID, so you can set a super long password, and then you can just use your finger. And then, you know, if your finger's not working or if something goes out, you can still use that long pin, but you don't need to actually use it every yep. time. You can just use your fingerprint sensor. So, yep. yeah, That's no, I'd agree. A long pin, and just set one on your iPhone if you haven't done it. I know it's kind of yeah, a pain please. to get used to, <laughs> but even if you just turn it on, you can ha- change the setting to how often it'll lock. So mm-hmm. if you want to change it to an hour so that you can keep using your phone in the hour, it's better than nothing because it's at least encrypting your data. So set a pin on your iPhone for sure. Yes, please. And John, that's the word. A couple questions from chat for you. Okay. Uh, not This doesn't pertain to the iPhone, but on Android you have an SD card. Does it uh, encrypt that as well? Uh, if your Android takes an SD card, yes, you can encrypt it. This one actually doesn't. I got the Nexus 6, so no, no, no SD. But anyone that does take an SD, you can encrypt it, yes. I'm, I kind of like not having an SD. You know, now I, I moved to the iPhone, I, I don't miss it. I got the 64 gig. I'm yep. kind of glad to be done with it. I had so many I problems on my it. S4 with the S. With the yeah, well, SD. that's Samsung too. You know, and it was just like, well, it's true. No, you're right. <laughs> Everybody says that. Oh, you Samsung, blah blah. blah. It's because they put so much junk on there. It's a similar problem to what happened with Lenovo. Right. They were selling it cheaper by selling junk wear, or right. you know, saying, hey, you want to put your junk on our thing? Give us, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And we'll do it, and then they can sell it cheaper. And that's where you go to Best Buy and buy a consumer-grade computer and don't do anything to it. It probably has some kind of junk on it that you don't want on it. You know, So yeah. that's, that's something to think about. And that's how they subsidize it. So right. this exact same model of PC, whether it's Lenovo or any other brand, that you buy at, at any retail place, a big box place, Walmart or Best Buy or whatever, is going to be cheaper than if I, as an enterprise, purchase it. The reason for that is the enterprise gets it blank. They get a, a bare bones uh, install of Windows, if any. And whereas at the uh, you know, at the consumer level, it's got to be cheaper. Yeah. So it might cost fifteen hundred bucks for a six hundred dollar computer, but it's clean. But you can clean it. You can you can wipe your computer, put a new Windows in. And that's a whole other probably a whole podcast and, and blast an image onto it and in most cases they have gold images that they blast onto it yeah but even at home it's very easy in fact windows real quick what they did recently is they if you go to their website and you say i need to download a new image for my windows you put in on the bottom of your computer will be the serial number for the computer that you just bought you put that serial number in and it will automatically bring you to like a click kind of a wizard thing to install a brand new version of Windows that's clean and it will do the exact version it'll do with drivers and you can put it onto a USB card or USB stick or a CD, you can make an ISO, whatever, so it really walks you through it and makes it easy for the average 
person to do. Yeah, we haven't talked about that for Windows enough. That uh, that's something I may, I'll dig in a little bit and put some links in the show notes mm-hmm. to the, some good instructions on how to do that. But. Yeah, there's several really easy, simple. Even on like Lifehacker, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we just Let's haven't right talked it. about it with, you know, one and a half billion PCs in the world. Um, you know, that's something, especially now that Windows 7 is really beginning to go away, and we're going to mm-hmm. see, you know, with Windows 10 coming out this fall, I think we're really going to see a big, massive shift. Mm-hmm. And some of those things, some of those those uh, helps that are coming in, that, and a little more stability, although 7 was very, very stable. Um, hey, that, so that was Lopta that had asked that question, but uh, Ken also asked, what do you think, uh, pin versus pattern? Do you have any? Do you have anything to say on that? Does it matter if some of those have patterns? There's, uh, I mean, you can do a pattern. I make it a pretty darn complex one because it's pretty easy to see the streaks on a phone. I mean, I can <laughs> oh, see the streaks on mine, and the pattern's gonna be real easy to see if you do one. I don't know, that's that's all shiny, but yeah, it's hard to see. You know, look at your phone, and no matter how clean your hands are. It's going to show it. So that's one thing that makes me nervous about patterns. Generally, they be the same way. To be honest with you, right? True. Especially if you don't, if you, if this is almost where using the same number benefits you a little bit mm-hmm. because you, it's not as many touch marks on there. But that's true. most well, people's well, phones are so great. You're getting the the swiping, and so you're dragging, so you're getting a longer. You're almost getting lines instead of taps. And uh, that was actually a trick my buddy used to do when that pattern thing first came out. He says, I bet I can get your password in four tries because he mm-hmm. just started at all the different points and he would drag across and he could get it mm-hmm. within four tries. Um, he'd have them do it first. He's like, here, put in your password. Okay, now lock it. And he had him do that, obviously, because it would be fresh and he mm-hmm. could see it. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so I, I'm you going can, to uh, You can extend the pattern if you really want to do it and you can make it bigger. I think by default it's 6x6 six six or 4x4, four four, uh, but you can go all the way up to like 24x24. 24 now, if you do that, you're probably going to forget your pattern, but you can, you know, so you can make it more complex. But don't just do like a square or a triangle. That's that's where you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and it's that common, you know, balancing of usability and ease of use and security. Yep. The more secure device is, the harder it is to use, you know, so you yep. have to put in a password every time, but it's the perfect balance, and at least going, trying to get a little bit towards that middle is going to help you out a lot. So that's what I always tell people is, you know, I just try and get as close to the middle as you can. I know it's hard, I know it's not convenient, but security mm-hmm. never is, so. Exactly, but it's it's worth it. Yep, definitely. John, uh, you always, when you come on, you always warn us against free Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> locations, right? Uh, I do a lot of travel. one of my big areas of research. I I know, I know. This is what you do, and I always appreciate it. Spent a lot of time traveling this, uh, both this fall and Mm -hmm. in the spring. I was on the road. Of course, you know, you're always connecting, you know, I'm always uh, connecting at Starbucks or in the the airport. I mean, Omaha has a free Wi-Fi service that's available. Any big changes from what you would normally say in that as far as, I mean, are you a kind of a don't ever do it ever? No, use VPN. Use VPN. You can get an XVPN service. There's even free ones. But Pro XPN is the one that I like. It's five bucks a month and it's really fast. You won't even notice like a difference in speed. Or you can set up a, a VPN server at your house if you feel like maintaining it. Now these are PC solutions. On my phone, yeah. does it matter? Yeah, you yep. can put VPN on your phone. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Um, the thing recently, what I've been doing research on is, okay, so I want to attack, not in real life, as a, as a research thing, you know, disclaimer here, but okay, I want to attack a business, an enterprise. 
one thing that's really, really easy for me as an attacker to do is to just sit outside with a, it doesn't have to be a Wi-Fi pineapple, it can just be a computer, anything along those lines that can uh, kind of sniff the air. All of your devices send out beacons looking for known Wi-Fi's. So it's looking for your home Wi-Fi, your Starbucks Wi-Fi, etc., etc. Well, I can just gather these passively. So I can sit outside and within an hour have a couple of hundred of Wi-Fi hotspot names. So now I know where a couple hundred of your employees live because there's many websites that will geolocate the, the Wi-Fi hotspots to where they're at. So now I can go to where they live, park outside of their house, and hacking into a home Wi-Fi is a million times easier than hacking into a, uh, a business Wi-Fi. And many people work from home. So that, I mean, to, <laughs> there's not much you could do about it, unfortunately, except maybe don't remember all your, all your points. Some, some devices are sending out less beacons. But that's that's a new I don't know if it's new, but that's kind of the new area I've been researching yeah. and talking about. Yeah, it is tough. It is just <laughs> tough. I mean, the average consumer is still screwed in a lot of yeah. ways when it comes to this but kind of stuff. But update your home router. Spend right. a few minutes on it. Change your change your password. Update it. Make sure you're using WPA2. Use a ridiculously long password. You only have to put in once for each device. Just insane. Make it a passphrase with weird numbers thrown in it. Make it super long. Write it down on a piece of paper and put it somewhere. It doesn't matter unless they break into your house, in which case you're already compromised. You're screwed. <laughs> so yeah. tape it to the bottom of the router if you have to, but yeah, don't use that WPS button. That is a password where it's okay to keep it kind of local, yeah. right? I mean, from yeah. that standpoint, it's like, exactly. you know, if they're in your house, they've you got presence. And have, yeah. you know, hello as your password. No, that's a good tip. You're welcome. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's still never great to write down your password. Use LastPass. Put it in your notes. That would be way better, your secure notes. And, in fact, LastPass has a specific – it will save your Wi-Fi router passwords. Yeah. No, it which does. Which has saved me well. more than once where yeah. I've been – like I set up my mother-in-law's router, and then she's like, got a new iPad. <laughs> I had no idea what password I put on it. Fortunately, it had automatically saved in my LastPass. So I was lucky. But yeah, make it a super long password. Go into it. I know it seems like it would be scary to go into like this settings on your routers, but just do it. Go into the settings in your Wi-Fi router. On the bottom, it's going to tell you the IP address. It's going to be like 192.168.0.1 or something like that, and it'll take you to a website that's built into it, and and just go through and you know make sure you're using WPA2, a long password, change the admin password because that URL is common. So if I get into your if I get into your Wi-Fi now I can get into your Wi-Fi router and mess with the settings. And I could change like your DNS and reroute you if you go to Google reroute you to a secret site or you know uh, put you in the man in the middle. There's a lot you can do. So update your and there's also there's going to be a firmware update option. Do it. Just update the firmware. Yes, your router will turn off for like 30 seconds when it resets, and it might be the end of the world not to have Wi-Fi for a few seconds, but just do it. Update it, because there's been an inordinate amount of severe security backdoors found in home routers that if you update them, they're fixed. Right. Yeah, it's probably one of those things like when you change the batteries in your um, 
you know, in your smoke alarms, check mm -hmm. the check for updates for your router because yeah, and that's a good reminder. Mine's sitting, although my I don't have much on my Wi-Fi uh, mm -hmm. there, but it's kind of isolated off the network. But it's still probably something I should log yeah. in. Check. Mike, anything you, you want to add to that? Yeah, well, and I don't know if you want to dive into it yet, but the one of the things I want to talk about tonight was actually VPNs. And so I actually run my own VPN, and for kind of a different reason. I started out doing it for a different reason than security, but security is a great reason to have a VPN. And so what I've got here, and I've talked about it a lot on my show, but I'm sure you guys have heard these. It's a Raspberry Pi. So it's a $35 little Linux box, little computer. You can program it with absolutely anything. And so I actually run OpenVPN, installed it on this Raspberry Pi, which means that when I am anywhere in the world, I can connect back into my home network, and it's like I'm at home. Now, yep. the ori original reason I installed it was because I am back and forth between school, work, and my home a lot. Well, you know, sometimes I need to edit a podcast or post a podcast or anything like that, and so I can uh, VPN back to my home network and run a remote desktop and pretty much be controlling my iMac from anywhere in the world. And I got really addicted to that, and I love it. Now, but like you said, security reasons too, when you are on free open Wi-Fi, I also connect to this because that way I'm not using theirs. I'm pretty much at home. I'm using my home network, which I know, because I've set it up, is more secure than that network there. Oh, yeah. And so, but one of the questions I had for you, actually, and this is kind of why I want to talk about it tonight, is because, so I have a, a VPN, but that's pretty much a door to my network from the outside, you know, so VPNs yeah. use usually a port 1194, mm -hmm. so it's usually saying port 1194 is at least going to get you in past the router to something, to some mm -hmm. device. So when you set these up, you route your traffic around so that, you know, you have to open up that port on your router. So any traffic coming into my apartment that I live in, if it's on port 1194, it's at least getting to the Raspberry Pi. It's going to go sure. as far as this. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't have the right security measures or if you didn't have it set up right, it could be a vulnerability. Yep. But I was kind of wondering what you thought on kind of the pros and cons of having your own rather yep. than using, I know someone in the chat room actually mentioned IP Vanish. And so that's just like any other sort of IP service, you know, or VPN service where you can connect, uh, but it's not going to your home, obviously, it's just going to a server somewhere else. So And that's why I use ProX. Yeah, Which, exactly. So the thing I like, and I used to have a, a home one too. I just had a Linux box in my basement. I did the same thing. I changed the port was one thing. Okay. I just changed I it to an insanely high, like 63,484 or something. I mean, just okay. make it some obscure port, and again, that's obscurity, and also a, a crazy long password. You right. can, uh, I mean, you can't put an RSA server with, you know, the little, uh, you know, ones you get from work with the timed token. I mean, that right. doesn't work. But you, I believe that you could, if you wanted to take the effort and time, set it up with like one-time passwords. Okay. So a password only works once. You have a list in your pocket, you know. Right. The interesting way I have it set up is it's all based on keys. And so mm -hmm. there's I never have to enter a password. It just runs on the key. Yeah, it's it both mm -hmm. keys. And so if no one had that key, then yep. they can't even get into it in the first place. Which yeah, that's think, also great. Yeah. So I think that's one of the best ways you can run it is not having the password is instead doing the key. It's a pain because if you want in, you know, you have to create a new key every time you want to add in a new computer. Yep. But um, I think it is probably the most secure option. Yep. But, I yeah, I agree. A key is a great way to go. And yeah. it's free. I mean, you can generate keys. It might That's take the way we connect to Maple Grove Partners. So when mm -hmm. I FTP my stuff up, it's not a password. Christian has issued me a key for mm -hmm. it. And so I, the key is, you know, is, is here, and I make the connection. And if we ever need to revoke the key access, he just revokes it, and boom, it doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore. And that's SFTP, correct? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd have to look, but I think so. No, very, very cool. Um, That's a good like one. Anything else on, on that VPN? I mean, so 35 bucks for the Raspberry Pi. Uh, yeah, which is a lot dollars. of fun. You can do a lot yeah, of really... Yeah, a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, and just like you were talking with the Beacon thing, I've actually done that with the Raspberry Pi. You can plug in a little USB Wi-Fi dongle, yep. and you can make this thing sniff Wi-Fi. You can have it do a lot of really, mm-hmm. really fun stuff. So for uh, 35 if you want a project, if you have a kid at all that is interested in coding, and you want to give them a box that's $35 that they can code the heck out of and not worry about crashing it, because everything runs, actually, I'll pull it out, just on a little normal SD card. Yep. And so this is the entire hard drive, so if you just wipe you wipe an SD card, and then you're back to square one. So Exactly. It's a, it's a lot of fun, a great learning tool, especially for if you have any kids that are interested in coding. Yep. Yeah, John, my son, I, I gave him an old laptop, but that's that would probably be easier. Yep. John uh, Ken at, Ken says, "Don't forget about Windows Server, you know, a 2012 mm-hmm. R2, which we talk a lot about on Home Server Show because mm-hmm. we use the essentials for uh, home servers for the guys that want to install home servers. Of course, that mm-hmm. is a built-in VPN that has a True. fairly straightforward setup. And so, if you're mm-hmm. a guy with, yeah, don't forget. This is more of a reminder. If you've got a 2012 server running, I've got one running right, actually, right down there, mm-hmm. right now." Um, you've got a built-in VPN there. What yep. about what about like a Netgear? Uh, Chris is asking. He says, "What about the Netgear AC3200?" He says, "Got it, but don't know the ins and outs. My router can run a VPN, the, like OpenWRT on there, some yeah. of those lines, yep. and then you could do it." Um, I actually just ordered one of those. It's a TP-Link TLMR3040. It was thirty bucks, and it's got a little battery in it, and it's a similar. You put OpenWRT, and you can basically go to town. And then, yes, you could put a VPN on there. Well, Again, his, just exchange. His question, though, to you is, do I turn those all on, or what's your advice when you're when somebody's, you know, somebody's new to this, mm-hmm. and they're starting to think about turning this on? What's your advice? The security? What they, yeah, what do they need? Like, so, they, they got VPN on their router, and they've got these features on the router, which allow mm-hmm. access, you know, that way. What's it's certainly not just turning them on and hoping for the best. How do no. you recommend? change your default passwords? Always all your default passwords. Um, if you're able to enable a key exchange, do that. Use keys like he's like uh, he was talking about. Um, those are both really good. Uh, also, uh, I mean, really, you're probably just going to want to look online for like a little. There's going to be somebody that put up a little walkthrough of how to properly set up this, especially the new one. You know, somebody did a open open the box and showed you how to set it up. I don't know all the settings on that particular one, yeah, yeah. but that yeah. would be, I mean, that would be ultimate. But really, if if you're if any of you are thinking about buying a new router, buy one that works with OpenWRT or one of the open source router uh, firmwares that you can get, because those are designed securely and have all kinds of really cool features that you only get on like enterprise level stuff. You know, you can do a lot Buffalo of Buffalo brand routers. They actually the Buffalo yeah. brand has that open source style. So that's actually the one I go to when I want my mm-hmm. open source router. So yeah, those are good options. And not too not too expensive. I think you no, do pay no. a little bit more for the open source model, because I know they have two models, one that is open source and one that's not. But the Buffalo brand are uh, I've I've heard good things about those. Yep. And if, Asus makes one. I do not work for Asus. I just love them. BDWRT is the word I'm looking for. I'm if sorry. you guys are thinking about it, uh, throw a few links in the show notes of mm-hmm. some, yeah, maybe a few um, to recommend, and and uh, if folks want to go take a peek at that, my my router, my wireless router, has been given up the ghost. Oh, probably once a month, Sarah's like, why you know, wireless is down. 
which means I think it's you know it's coming to the end of its life. It's something's going on. It's locking up. I, that's never a good sign on a wireless router. That thing has been running for <laughs> eons, right? Yep. Just flawlessly, and then all of a sudden, when you start getting random lockups, you know you can do a. Sometimes it's just the the firmware gets jammed up with too much information, or you know because you need to erase the logs in there, and it, or it's it's just getting too hot, right? If you're mm -hmm. running too much information through there, I've seen uh, routers get too hot and actually shut down. So it's one of those things I should probably do some troubleshooting just to kind of see yep, what's going on. Absolutely. Okay, let's do a quick. Uh, John, you you got a lot in here, and because it's a gadget oh, yeah. show, uh, oh, yeah. I want to. I don't want to spend too much. Uh, we're going to try and cap this here at about hour fifteen, and we got sure. about fifteen or so minutes left. I want to do a little bit of a lightning round on some of your gadgets. Sure, you sure. Listed some out here. You already mentioned your Nexus Six, and so yep. that's kind of your go-to phone from that standpoint. Yeah, you mentioned. I love it. Your, you mentioned the Asus. It's a Q302LA 13-inch yes. Ultrabook. I so that is Windows 8. Yeah, so, yeah, it runs Windows 8. It's just a little Ultrabook, and I got it so I could have something to carry around. I have a big, huge laptop that I use for like research and stuff. But this one, it's it's great. It's just a it's a little 13-inch screen, but it also will flip all the way around and be a little. Uh, I guess a, kind of like a tablet, and it's a touch screen. So you can do all that with the touch screen on it and put in your, you know, put in your passwords. As you see, I need to update this, actually. Yeah, do, do that with your Mac there. <laughs> <laughs> flip it, it around, free. you'll break the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's cool. I mean, I can, I can flip it all the way around, and it, you know, 180 degrees or 360 degrees. And, uh, and so, you know, I can also put it like this, so it's like a tent. I suppose, and watch a movie. So it came, it's decent. It came with uh, 8 gigs on i5. I didn't go with the i7. Um, and it came with a 500 gig hard drive. So, of course, me being me, I couldn't live with that. I had to upgrade the hard drive to a solid-state drive. So I bought the uh, Samsung Evo SSD 850, which is the newest, the latest one that they came out with. It's I think it was maybe $200. Worth every penny. It is unbelievably fast. It has a new kind of technology, NAND 3D or NAND 3D. So uh, it, it allows you to do a couple other little tweaks to it through the firmware that make it faster. So I can, it basically, the computer turns on in about two seconds and turns off in about two seconds, which is unbelievable. Uh, and then I also added eight more gigs of RAM. So I got, it, it has four gigs actually like soldered to one side of the motherboard and on the other side there was a replaceable chip and it said you couldn't go above eight but you know I don't listen to that. You made it happen, huh? Yeah, I made it happen. I put in an eight gig one. If you by the chance happen to get one of these and do it, make sure you're very careful though. They put a little heat shield over the the uh, RAM slot and while I was taking it off it sliced my finger right open. Oh. It was razor sharp. So then I grabbed some needle nose pliers and popped it right off. <laughs> But yeah, be careful. Those uh, SSDs, I would agree. I have, I run two of those the same. I put one in a five-year-old laptop, and it runs faster oh, than the day so I bought crazy. it. Yeah. And so I was like, I loved it enough that I, the, the iMac is an insanely hard computer to take apart. You have to literally cut the glue around the screen and pull it out. But I did it because I'm like, I cannot go without an SSD. And those <laughs> Evos from Samsung are, are awesome. Extremely I love them. Fast. That's the oh. one Samsung device that I will tout all day long. Yes, I'm not a big fan of their phones. 
but I love they make great, really great uh, hard drives. I mean, I Intel makes them, Crucial makes them, you know, all these other companies, and they're okay. But I've read a lot of reviews that like it lasted me six months. I have one in the computer I'm using for the podcast right now, which is probably two and a half years old now. It's an Asus G55 VW, so it's like a gaming PC, and I put in a two, 256 gig like right after I bought it, so it's two and a half years old, and it works perfect as my primary one. I think I hear some crying. Oh, need to go check. Yeah, just mute so, yourself, and we'll, yeah, we'll hang tight for you for one sec. But yeah, if you guys have never experienced an SSD, if you are still running spindle drives, it's. I think it is the one thing you can do to an old computer. It brought it back to life. I was honestly about to get rid of this computer, this old laptop. I was like, you know, it's probably about time to sell it. It's just dog slow. It took 10 minutes to open Microsoft Word, and I just Swapped out the hard drive, put in an SSD, and it's blazing fast. I can use it now for podcasting and everything. So, yeah, we we, we, we preach that all the time. That's a, not a uh, not an uncommon message. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, a lot a lot of guys. We we have been. You know, there's a lot of early adopters out there. Not not all of them. Not everybody. And and you know, there's certainly. I think now is the time to upgrade. Um, that uh, that Evo that. Um, John is talking about there. Let me just click on that and see at Amazon right now. Those are going for a 209. So Not for a 500 gig. For those have dropped in price. Oh, that's stupid. I paid 200 for a 250 yeah. gig in August. So you say 200 so. bucks is too much, Jim. Well, 109 for the 250 gig. And trust me, on a Windows machine, 250 gig, plenty. Plenty, and if you want to even go backwards, one more seventy-nine bucks for the one twenty. I don't one twenty is was kind of the minimum we all started on. That goes pretty fast. I've got broadcast server that you're actually watching the show on has a hundred twenty gig hard drive on it from Mushkin, but um, I don't do that much on it, so it, it it I rarely have to do anything with it. But man, two hundred fifty gig for a hundred nine bucks. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty good. We'll have the link to that uh, kind of in the show notes. Mike, uh, while we're waiting for John and we're talking about gadgets, any uh, you got any new gadgets uh, as of late that uh, that you're, you're particularly fond of? Yeah, I do. I have one that I'm going to save for two weeks because I'm still trying it out. But the one I do want to talk about is I have been spending a lot of time trying to find the best car mount for my phone. Mm -hmm. And so I used to use a company called Rockform, which is R-O-K form, and they make cases for all sorts of phones. And on the back, it has this almost spot where you can put in a bunch of adapters. And they make car mounts. They make beer bottle opener, belt clip things. I mean, you can really go to town with it. But the problem I was having is I had to buy the Rockform case for every new phone I was getting, and they're not cheap. So I was looking for a different alternative, and it was actually my brother-in-law who had it in his truck, and it's called Scoshi, and it's the Scoshi Magic Mount, and it's S-C-O-S-C-H-E. I'll put a link in the show notes. But it, it's, it's magnetic, and really all it is is this metal plate that you slide into any case you have, so you just slide this super thin metal uh, sheet in, and then the actual mount just sticks to your dash, or you can get one that angles, and it just sticks there, and then it's a super, super strong magnet. So much so, I was actually worried that it was going to mess up my phone, but I've had it on there for a few months now, and I even tried it with my new 6 Plus, and it works fantastically. And this is not a light phone. The 6 Plus is huge, and uh, it holds up perfectly. I'll go over speed bumps and everything like that, and it holds up there. So yeah, the Scoshi Magic Mount, it's magnetic, it's Perfect. It's it's my favorite car mount I've found so far. What's that? What would you pay retail for that? Fifteen dollars. Yeah. Yep. There's a cheaper version called Whiz Gear. Okay. Exact. It's either one ripped off the other. You know, 
they are exactly the same thing, right? It's a, that round circle, and it's a magnet, and you yep. get a couple. You get a couple things. I did the same thing, so I mounted the. You know, I mounted. You can see in the back there. Yeah, that's exactly right. what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, and this one actually uh, was a deal. I got it for eight ninety nine on Amazon. Oh, I thought this is the best ten bucks I ever spent. Easily. But I'm with you that that um, that the device, the mount device, just has a. It's like a, a cone on one end, and you just slide that over your, you know, your um, the fins in your uh, in the you know, what do we call those things? Where oh, the, the vents. Yeah, the vents. You slide it right on the vent, and it just it it kind of wedges its way in there and gets secure. Really? And then, yeah, and then right to the. Okay, see, mine's bomb. just a 3M sticker, so it yeah. just stuck right no, to the. But that sounds better because you're not ruining the. Yeah. Car. So. And you can so you pull your phone off. You say you want to go to another car. You just slide that right off. That you pull it right off the. I like the that fins, a lot. and it's, it's so it's called a whiz gear. I tweeted about it this week. I said it was the best ten bucks I ever spent, and I'm That's not. That's funny because I did not see that, so I was not. Uh, it was <laughs> awesome. If you, it'd be worth looking at again, and for ten bucks, man, yeah. you could, you could do. Well, that. and my wife needs one for her car, so I'm gonna check that yeah. out. And they make whiz gear mounts for, for. Yep. Yeah, we're talking about car mounts for the phone, John. We picked up. I picked up a whiz gear. You know, it's one of those magnetic ones. You uh-huh. put the little plate in the back of your phone like that, and oh, then nice. it, it's just right up on the thing. And man. I, at first, I thought, okay, for ten bucks, can you really yeah. get anything good for ten bucks? I oh, am yeah, totally yeah. sold. I am Absolutely. totally sold. It's been a great little car mount. So, and then when you pull the phone off, all it is is a little disc. It's just it's that big, and it just sits on your. It you know it stays connected to the. It kind of wedges itself in there and stays connected to the to the vents. Nice. It has nice been way to keep you, your phone cool too in the summer. No, right on. Cool it's, it's right on and not going to overheat your phone. It's, so. it's, if you have a, if you have a, you know, if you have an Android phone, you have to worry yeah. about it. overheating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you already uh, making jokes against Android? Yeah. I mean, how how recently did you switch? <laughs> like two I thought, weeks. I thought I was going right? to be the only one that got to do that, but you know, I I'm all for it. I just did not think you were going to be throwing the punches. <laughs> uh, I, I, I probably I probably have not earned that right yet. The bell's barely rung, and you're already throwing haymakers. So <laughs> yeah. That's all right though. I like it. There's a bunch of those types of mounts, not magnetic, but that go on the uh, on the air vents. And then I I actually initially tried one that went in the actual CD slot because I don't use CDs in my car. I was like, oh, I'll use that, and that lasted me about two weeks. And then I finally just went and bought one that strapped to the bottom of the passenger seat. It's like a pole that comes up and it's flexible. It was like twenty bucks, but that thing is pretty rigid and and pretty secure. I like that. Yeah. This has been the best car mount I bought. I mean, and I've waited a long time to find the right one. I I, I don't like those ones with all the you know, with all the yeah. sides and you know. And they got it right with the magnets. I mean, it's just easy. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to smart. position it. It takes half a second. Yeah. I could auto, I could probably chuck my phone from the back of this <laughs> car, and it would probably stick. I mean, it is a super strong magnet. It is. It slides right off when you yeah. need you know when you need to get it off. You just. Yep. Just slice That's right cool. Over. I'm gonna have to check one of those out. The, yeah. Ten bucks. It's super yeah. cheap. Wiz, the the one I bought. I'm sure there's a different, a couple different varieties of this, but Wiz Gear mm-hmm. is the brand that I bought, and uh, and it comes with two, uh, two of the magnetics. I get a, a round one and an old in a in a rectangular one, mm-hmm. and so I could. I'm gonna give the round one to my wife, and she'll mm-hmm. put it in the back of her case, and so if she's ever in my car, it'll just in the super thin. Yeah. So I was skeptical, but I thought for hey, for ten bucks, I'm gonna give it a try. If nah, it's crap, I'll yeah. at least talk about it. 
Yeah. And uh, and I've had it for, I don't know, two weeks. And, God, it's just been great. Yeah. So, so now that you have your phone mounted right there, what you need to do is go buy one of those Bluetooth ODB2 sensors. Oh, have you ever messed with one of those? Uh-uh. No. I, I am not a car guy by any means. I have a Volkswagen uh Passat. See, I can't remember what it is now. Jetta. I have a Jetta. It's, it's a nice little car. It, it goes fast when I push fast on the gas pedal. That's about what I know about cars. Uh, I can fix people's computer, and they fix my car for me. That's right. kind of how I've always done it. But I still bought one. It was like 10 bucks to buy this little Bluetooth ODB2 sensor, and it sticks on this little port underneath your dashboard, and then you can connect your phone or your tablet to it. And you buy an app called Torque, which, if you're really into cars, is probably amazing. If you're not into cars and you're a geek like me, it's just really cool because when you take off, it's got like 500 dials and like knobs and numbers and all these things on your screen. So like when you slam on the gas, you see all these things go up and it tells you like the O2 pressure of your car and how many miles you have left. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, Jim, I will drop mine off to you because mine just sits oh. in my side of my uh, car. I don't plug it in too often. Yeah. But, yeah, and so on the iPhone, it's a different app. But the other cool thing about it is if you get, um, if you spend a little bit more money on the sensor, because, yeah, I, I paid $30 for the sensor, but if you spend a little more, you can also send data to the car. Yes. So uh, one of the features with the cheap ones is you can tell what light is going off. So if your check mm-hmm. engine light is on, it'll tell you why it's on. It'll tell you what sensor in the car is, is pinging it. Well, if you get one of the higher-end ones, you can also just shut that off. You can say, yep. I don't. It, that's something I don't care about. It's not that big of a deal. I hate it pinging me. So you can just tell the car, hey, ignore that. So yep. you can get really cool things with this OBD2 sensor. And, uh, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I would totally agree. It's something I oh, totally yeah. forgot I had. It's been in my car for forever. I know. And, I, uh, I got it, and, I mean, I put the app on my tablet. I put my tablet, like, right there. <laughs> I did the same so, thing. It just looks so cool. I yeah. mean, I don't even care like, what it's telling it. me. Yep. <laughs> I'm like... You know, get in my car, I'm like slamming on the gas. I'm like, look at that, I got up to so many HP. I'm like, I don't think oh, that's see, horsepower. Oh, I went the opposite. <laughs> as soon as I put it in my car, I was I was taking off and I was watching the miles per gallon. And like oh. the, and I'm like, oh, shoot, 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 shoot. That was too fast. That was too fast. Okay, slow well, down. I have a Volkswagen. I'm trying I to get I the get best like gas miles a gallon. Oh, okay, see, I have a yeah. Jeep, so I'm trying to keep it like above yeah. like 12. So I love yeah. that Volkswagen. I fill it up like every two weeks and I drive everywhere and and it's like $15 to fill it up. I'm That's just, awesome. Awesome. I love it. The uh, the app I've been using, we'll wrap it up with this, the app I've been using is Waze. And I, I use that on Amazon, but I've come over to the iPhone. I'm using it all the time. And now that I got that mount on my car, I get in the car, I start a podcast, I flip mm-hmm. over to Waze, I bring it up. And I don't even I don't even put a destination. I just use it for the roadside warnings and mm-hmm. you know the, the, the police warnings and <laughs> those kinds of things. And, uh, and I even enabled the wave so you can put your hand over it and then it'll say, it'll beep and the speaker or the microphone will come on. And you yeah. can say traffic report and it'll say which kind of traffic report. And you can <laughs> say traffic jam, right? And it'll report that into ways. And I, you know, there's not a lot of people in Nebraska using it. So it, it I don't know if it's as helpful as it could mm-hmm. be, but. It's been pretty cool. I mean, I've I've been trying to do it every day. There's some gamification there, right? You get points and yeah. some of those kinds of things. So I've been trying to use it every day, much like I've been trying to use the health monitor in my phone. That is now how I'm getting my steps in yep. a very convoluted way. You know, I have a Garmin Forerunner 220 that I use for running. It doesn't measure steps, but the phone does. So I try to keep the phone on me, and then when I run, 
that running data goes into my phone via my fitness pal. So I actually mm -hmm. upload it to connect, connect in uh, syncs it with my fitness pal, my fitness pal syncs it back to my phone. Yep. That into the cool. health app. Right, because uh, Connect isn't uh, isn't one of those vendors yet that's uh, syncing with the uh, with the health app in the iPhone or I, I don't know. On the uh, Android has it too. Okay. Uh, built yeah. in now they have like Android Health, and I just I think when I set up my phone, I was like, "Do you want to turn this on?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And one day I was out doing a lot of walking, and it, well, my phone made a weird noise, and I'm like, "What is that?" And it's like, "You made ten thousand steps." I'm like, "I didn't even know it was counting my steps." I know. So now I check it and, and keep up with it. It's, it's really kind of cool. And so your yeah. phone now—it's—I think we've gotten to the point where the pedometer on the phone is—you know—I've—we've looked at the Fitbit devices and some of those kinds of things. I do keep my phone on me most time. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was out in Maryland, I was hanging out with Christian. We walked the whole campus. We did sixteen thousand steps that yeah, day. Yeah, that's Four flights of stairs. <laughs> that was a lot of walking that day, but it's just kind of interesting the integration uh, cycles that go into that to get the data from my from my watch to the phone, from phone to, and it, so there's no direct integration, right? So I got to go watch to phone, phone to Garmin Connect in the web, connect that to my Fitness Pal, and then push it back into the, the Fitness, <laughs> you know, the Apple Fitness or the what do they call it? Health app is that? Fitness maybe? Yeah, Health Kit. Health right. kit, I think, is yep. what. It's health kit. It's the only thing they didn't put an eye in front of. Yeah, eye health soap. That data has got to go around to about four or five different spots before it lands in the right place. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty that's interesting. Cool, so, yeah, yeah, no, that weight was great, especially the Fitbit. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say I had a little Fitbit that I had gotten through work from like one of one of those healthy things, and then when you do health steps, so I got the the small Fitbit for like twenty bucks, and I carried it around with me. Uh, in Disney World, I was doing 20-some thousand steps a day. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I was barely reaching 10 when I tried, and I finally just gave up, and then my phone started doing it. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch again. Yeah. But they're nice. Yeah, Mike, you were going to say something, and we'll wrap it. Yeah, well, that Waze app is fantastic, and I want to get people using it more because um, other services like Google and Apple Maps pull data from Waze. So Pete, when you report it on Waze, actually Google has an agreement with them or whatever that they actually can pull that data. So you're helping more than just the Wazers out there. You're helping a lot of people by reporting that, and even by just driving around, the Waze app knows, hey, if I'm going 30 on an interstate, you're you're in slow traffic. It'll actually pop up and say, "Are you in a are you in slow traffic?" And you say yes. So even by not even doing anything and just driving with it, and it knows how fast you're going and cool. what speed you should be going, uh, it's a good thing. And so I want to get yeah, I agree. Not many people in Omaha do use it, but uh, I, I would love to see more people use it. Yeah. Well, I'm installing it tonight. You guys can. Well, yeah, and the, just... the fuzz buster is the best part. So when you yeah. drive past a cop, you can say, here's a cop here. And so as you're driving on the map, you can see all these cops all over. So that's kind of nice, too. <laughs> that's you're going to cool. save yourself some uh, speeding. It is. Maybe. When you turn it on, I think this morning when I turned it on, it said there's 120 Wazers uh, in your area or something like that. Well, so there yeah, are that's about some. what I see, too. And yeah. I've passed I've passed a few on the interstate, you know, when you're watching it. And you have to be careful not to watch it and <laughs> <laughs> watch the road. Um, but it, it is really... It's the beginning of the Borg, is what it is, right? In, yeah. in the sense that it's, it's this, uh, it's this combined sensory network that it, big, gigantic sensory network that's keeping track of traffic, and things like that. And uh, we can all be a little bit smarter uh, for we're all kind of watching out for that. So Ken says it's great in Southern California. So right. and I would bet oh, some place like yeah. that, a high population standard, but it'd be yeah. perfect. Or Silicon Valley, I would right. imagine it's just dynamite. You know, you might get on the interstate and have wazers around you, um, oh, yeah. you know, all around you. So a lot of folks, I know, 
a lot of the the Uber drivers use that as well uh, mm -hmm. that are out there. So some good stuff coming up. Well, we made it through the whole podcast, and we never even mentioned the watch. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. was just waiting for that to come up, but Mike, thank you for controlling yourself on that. We didn't yeah, even no have to watch it. I don't have $10,000, so I'm not going <laughs> to No, it's all good. Actually, uh, Mike does a really nice job as we kind of come in for landing. Mike does a really nice job on open mic night from Tuesday uh, covering the whole Apple announcement. So if you're interested in digging into that, and we're not, one of the things Mike and I have talked about since he's going to be joining me regularly is one is, is he's going to try not to bring Apple over here unless it's it fits the context of what we're talking about. Right. We talked about the iPhone tonight, some of yep. those things, but we're really going to focus on Apple news and dive deep into Apple stuff over at Open Mic Night. So that's yep. Tuesday night, 7, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern, yep. uh, omnpodcast.com. Uh, th that's over there. And then Mike's going to join me on a regular basis over here, and we're going to talk gadgets. It's going to be great. Mike, you did a great job tonight, so thanks for coming over. Great having you on. John, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, tonight. Yeah. I know we had to work with the kids, but that was awesome. It worked out well. Yep. John, hang tight for me one sec as we uh, as we kind of land this thing. I'll remind you, if you want to support the AverageGuy.tv scholarship, uh, tech scholarship fund, uh, it's still out there. It's still running. Love to have you involved in that process. Head out to the AverageGuy.tv slash Amazon to take advantage of that. If you want to do it for a Canadian, uh, for if you're in Canada, we've got one of those as well, the AverageGuy.tv slash CA. No, uh, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon CA. That'll get you there. And uh, those those proceeds benefit John Zadler. And, uh, of course, he's our hacker and slasher on a lot of things. We had John on the show last week. John always gives us an outtake. and so Or two. We actually had two from last week. And so if you haven't listened to 205, go back and listen to that. There's an outtake in the beginning and an outtake at the end. John does some great stuff, and so uh, go back to listen to, to 205. While you're at it, for whatever weird reason, in the last uh, week or so, I've been getting tons of sign-up for the newsletters, uh, for the newsletter that we do. I'm a little suspicious that someone's trying to game the system in some way, and I can't figure out. John, let me ask you this real quick while I'm thinking about it. So I have a ch MailChimp account, right? People can sign up for a newsletter. They, when they sign up for it, they're going to get mail back from me. Right? That's, mm -hmm. that's what they're signing up for. And I'm getting all these email addresses. Is there some kind of vulnerability that I'm not aware of on MailChimp or with email where people would sign up for, for a newsletter or sign up for anything on MailChimp? No. Yeah, is that weird? I, get, I mean, on my like, blog, I get spam a yeah. lot. Right. So but I could see that, but this, there's this, no way for them to even give you anything back, right? They're not able to like respond and... It's crazy. Yeah. I'm getting 10 or 15 a day now. I mean, I used to get one a month, wow. and now I'm getting 15, 10 or 15 people to sign up for the newsletter. I'm a little suspicious. I'll have to go and check my MailChimp. I just sent out a newsletter this week. And so if you haven't signed up for it, go to theaverageguy.tv, look in the right-hand column, and it'll say subscribe or newsletter, subscription, something like that. And you can put your email address in there. I will send you one update a month. That's all I do. It's a little letter for me. Just kind of give you what's going on with the network and all the things that are happening here. It's my way. A lot of, not everybody's on social. Not everybody wants to follow me on Twitter. I get that, and that's totally okay. But the newsletter is the way I put some things out there. If you missed last month's or this month's newsletter, you can get it again. And in fact, you can get all the back episodes or all the back uh, uh, letters as well if you go out to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. Super simple. So you don't have to sign up for it, but you'll get it automatically from me if you do. 
Um, and if you just want to check it out, you can do that as well. All that information is out there. Anything that's going on in the network is just a way of me of keeping up to date with you. And uh, there's a little, a few little personal notes in there as well this this month. So a way to me to do it. Get that sign up. And I have to figure out either I hit a I hit a vein and everybody finally decided to sign up for the newsletter, which I went from 70 to 170 in like like seven days. It was the weirdest thing. But uh, again, I can't figure out why they would do it. But that happened. And if you did sign up for it, I'll say thanks. If you did not, uh, you, you still can. And so head out there and get that done. We uh, One of the other things I tried out this week, just real quick on this, is for 205, so for last week's, I downloaded the entire chat session from Chatwing, put it in a PDF, pushed it out to um, Mediafire, and made it available through a link in the show notes in 205. And I'd be super interested in you going out to the show notes of 205, clicking on that, and see if it's of any interest to you. Some I tweeted about it. A few of you said, yeah, from time to time you would go out. And that's a pretty easy thing for me to do when I'm doing show notes. It's just download the whole chat content, drop it in there. It won't pick it up for SEO because it's a PDF. In You know, I don't... That really slows down WordPress if you try and jam all those, you know, all that into if I just make it part of the post. But I figured with a searchable PDF, you could do a Control F and find anything that you wanted. I'd love your feedback on that. If you find that's going to be something helpful, I'll continue to do that for you. And that way, even if you miss the session, you can come out and uh, and get the chat that's available. It'll be made available in a PDF format, and let me know if that works for you. No show next week. We were going to have Kevin and uh, Kevin and you know, uh, uh, Nathaniel on, sorry about that, Nathaniel, uh, to talk about antivirus and free antivirus. It's just one of those times, again, it's like, hey, we haven't talked about antivirus for a while. Let's talk about it. My son has a Marine. He joined the Marines uh, just recently, and he has an event next Wednesday that I have to have to be at. So sorry to cancel at the last minute. Guys, I'll be moving that with you guys. So nothing next week. I'll try and come up with something to throw in the live slot. So Apologize for that. It's just a kind of something that came up that I have to be at, and uh, so no show next week. But Mike and I are back two weeks from now, full bore, into the spring, rocking home gadget geeks, and uh, and so we'll have some guests. So I'm already trying to line up some guests. We'll get John back here and later in the later in the spring, early in the summer. Uh, I mentioned we got Ryan Parker coming back. We'll have all the regulars coming back, and uh, and so we'll you'll want to you'll want to listen through the spring. You want to get subscribed if you haven't done that and get that done. One final reminder, of course, so Saturday mornings, 9.30, now that the high school internship program is over at Gallup, I'm back here in the AverageGuy.tv studios on Saturday mornings, 9.30 a.m. Central, 10.30 Eastern, AskThePodcastCoach.com. That's like one of my favorite, besides this podcast, it's one of my favorite things, and Cyber Frontiers, of course, uh, and Home Service Show, oh, and Surface Geeks, <laughs> and all the Gallup podcasts. It's one of my favorite things to do, and so join us on Saturday mornings. With that, we'll say we're live out here. If it's the first time, we'll say thanks for Roger for uh, coming out. I still think he's out there. Roger is behind WLMN Radio. And, and uh, Mike, you can find that WLMNRadio.com. Or what's yes. the, the, is yep. that the... Is that, that is the correct. If you're interested in listening to that in advance, it's kind of music and tech talk. And uh, you can go online. It's terrestrial radio as well. So if you live in that area, you can listen to it. But you can listen to it online as well. And Roger would appreciate that. Head out to WLMNRadio.com and they give it a listen. We'll go live there on April 2nd. That's when we're going to start broadcasting this show out there as well. And uh, we'll say thanks to Roger for coming out. He kind of runs the show over there. And uh, so, Roger, thanks for coming out tonight and uh, being part of the podcast. We'll be back two Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, all out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Good night, everybody.